Hello everyone and welcome back to A Pint With Peter, an informative and somewhat comedy podcast where I sit down with my dad and have a bit of a chat. Now we were just getting back into it, breaking down lockdown and talking about our experiences and bloody sods law. As soon as we finish recording this and the previous podcast, Manchester goes back into a local lockdown, meaning we're going to have to put a hold on recording any new episodes for now. As much as my dad is ready and willing to sacrifice himself for the good of me and Chris, we personally want to keep him safe for that bit longer. And hopefully people start following the rules more so this lockdown doesn't last as long as the previous one. But, I guess for now, let's get back to it! Getting on to extreme stuff, I was going to call this the Senicide Tapes. <laughs> Just, I'm having a little game here with you, by the way. I mean, do you remember a few podcasts back? I, I kind of rooted around in my head and I came up with a, a history lesson from when I was about 16 and we were studying the Russian Revolution. Yeah, do you remember me telling you? And, yeah, uh, yes. What really chimed was I, I was listening to um, a talk about a group that was called the Narajana Volya, which means the people's will. They eventually ended up assassinating, um, obviously not Archduke Ferdinand, but they actually assassinated one of the royals, you can check them out, but their big thing, they had a manifesto, and this was a serious political group, but everybody over 40 had to be killed, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So I got I got into this kind of I got into this kind of senicide thing, you know. Senicide is where basically the old have to give themselves up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And if you look in history, it's fascinating. The Inuits, for, you know, the Eskimos would when you got to sixty. Sixty seems to be the critical one. They'll seem to mention sixty. The Eskimos took you out onto the ice and let you die. The Japanese would carry you off to a mountain top and leave you. <laughs> there it gets worse the italians would throw you off a cliff <laughs> romans probably because they're a little bit lazy just threw you off a bridge into the tiber <laughs> the greeks if you know your greek philosophy they when you got to 60 odd you were asked to drink hemlock oh yeah yeah which is a deadly poison you had granny and granddad dumping in russia i'm not quite sure how that worked but my my favorite was uh, shows how efficient the Germans were. I mean, back in medieval Germany, the sick and elderly, often with their consent, were taken off to a, a pyre, mm. and all the relatives stabbed you, and then they said... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? I don't know which one's worse out of all yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. What, I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is, and I do mean this sincerely, folks, is if I had to literally sacrifice myself for you, I would genuinely do it. Oh, thanks, Aww. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. And, and that's why I think, getting back to where this conversation began, I think it was personally a big mistake to have a mass lockdown. I think the lockdown should have been focused on vulnerable groups. I don't think we should have shut the economy down. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Trump lover or anything like that, but I think the economy will, and you can have a whole pod, boring podcast on this, I think the economy will take decades to recover. And just jumping ahead, all these uh, you know, monetary benefits that are being dished out, people don't seem to realise that they are going to have to be paid for. And they will be obviously be paid for by various forms of taxation. Yeah, and or uh, cuts in areas. Al- although, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to be stabbed by everybody and jump on a pyre, <laughs> as it were. I mean, I mean, metaphorically, you know, 
mum and I were not particularly wealthy, but I think my generation in particular, uh, who have generally benefited, need to take the financial hit. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. this is quite important. Yeah. Um, I, I really do believe that. For me, uh, I mean, and, and if you're not careful, Chris was going on about his running earlier. I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but for me, it's uh, I'm not so bothered about the you know the elastic waistbands, you know the elasticated waistbands mm. on on your slacks, um, the Saga cruises. You know, and I'd rather give my money to you. My, as I say, the morbid fascination with co-op funeral plans. I've got, an, I've got an even better one here that I found in a paper. Chris was going on about his running. This is the kind of crap you get when you get older. I used to suffer with knees until I found these copper knee supports. You, you couldn't make it yeah. up, could you? So I'd rather spend my money on you or give my money to you than spend it on copper knee supports and... Uh, <laughs> going on saga cruises and so on. But, yeah, a lot of people listening to this who maybe are about my age, they might disagree. Mm, um, it would be quite interesting to sit in a room of older generation people, would they? I think it would be quite a divergence. It would. Mm. Well, I, I remember when me and Dad discussed this off microphone, you made the poignant point of kind of why should people our age give up memories and life experiences? Because, you know, I'm sure you know people, Chris, have asked to give up their wedding day. Mm. And yeah, you know, a point yeah, point. Yeah. And, and just you know, you've spent four months or so. You know, how many memories days out did you give up? You know, it's a hard. Well, I mean, I had two events cancelled. Yeah, like from the beginning of lockdown, and I, I spent literally about a hundred and thirty pounds on on a tuxedo. <laughs> that yeah, for, yeah, two, for yeah. two events that I've never used. I've never used that tuxedo. Yeah. Because both events were cancelled. I'll get engaged to Alex yeah. just so you can wear your tux. I, I need, yeah. need an excuse to wear that tux. <laughs> What's the colour, is it? It's black. Right, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a proper black tie with a bow tie in there. Oh. Yeah, not to mention, uh, you know, it's like the kid next door, you know, he's just finished at primary school and they just finished. Yeah. You know, and, uh, or everyone who's had to sit their exams and so on and so forth. Yeah, I was laughing with a friend that's a teacher because we always talk about, you know, those kids that just manage to doss the way through a year and end up with a good result. I was like, going, oh, not for this year because it was all given unexpected. Yeah, and sort of like what they were like in class. Yeah, so it's like, finally, (laughs) those kids can suffer. Yeah, I mean, I was going to get into the theme, which is linked to reflection of nostalgia. I mean, do you think you two, at any point or at points during this lockdown, have indulged in nostalgia? You know, have you been thinking, oh, I used to love doing that, or, or I'm missing that, or I remember when, that kind of stuff. I think it was mainly, I remember when I didn't have to stay inside all day. Yeah, I think with me it's been very materialistic, because before lockdown I was kind of searching on eBay for, say, things I had as a kid or didn't have oh, as a okay. kid, like yeah. Pokemon cards was a big thing. Yeah, you were saying that, weren't you? Because when the builders were here, they were rummaging around in the shed and they found a couple of, you know, what probably are antique devices that belong to you. I think you maybe bought them as antique devices. Better not have touched them. Yeah, very, very <laughs> early, what would you call them? Yeah, the joystick on. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a recent remake thing, but yeah. Like, it was a reproduction yeah. of earlier. Was it Atari? Yeah, Atari. I think it was an Atari. Well, yeah, there is a massive yeah, but apparently, it's probably the generation that kind of uh, 
is a little bit older than you, but isn't as old as me. Apparently, the um, nostalgia market for devices like that is off the scale. It is, yeah. yeah. Mm. Not to mention the music side of it. You know, people really getting into um, CDs. Uh, my CDs are quite ancient. <laughs> Tapes. That's the, that's the one way to be alive. Tapes, you know, C60, C90. Yeah. You know, those yeah. kind of tapes and vinyl is very, very possible. I mean, I, I think, to be honest with you, you know, if you're talking about what gets you through, because you obviously ain't had much social contact. I mean, for me, and interestingly, for both the guys I'm going to allude to in a couple of minutes, music has been a really powerful medicine for us, you know, the possibilities, you know, of music. Because I, I think you two are probably the same. I, I think good pop music, good rock music can take you into uh, kind of deeper places, can't it? Do you, yeah, do, do yeah. you feel, oh, yeah. do, do you feel but... that? It's not just simple entertainment, is it? I think people, when they listen to good music, music they like, are, are taken, they're transported to somewhere else. And I, I know it's probably what I'd be talking about if we didn't have this COVID stuff. Um, I, I, I really am looking forward to doing a complete podcast about my early exposure to music and what, what it meant to me. And the gigs I went to. Well, there's always so many documentaries on, it, isn't it? There's always a BBC yeah. thing with some celebrity revisiting the Hacienda days. Right. Yeah. Or we even watched that I Love the 80s programme. It's amazing, it's amazing how, you know, for me, I mean, the 80s can feel mm. not recent, but uh, it's shocking, really, how quickly things evolve, isn't it? Boy George did one of those. Yeah. He's very good, very good. Well, even in that Back in Time for Tea, it always touches upon music, especially in the you know, 70s, 80s. Yeah. It's always, yeah. just goes to show how big yeah. music is and... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not biased. Uh, I was going to mention this earlier, but I think in some ways the seventies did have pretty good music, to be honest. I mean, I, I really like stuff from the eighties and nineties, obviously, but I think, I think the seventies did have some really good, really good stuff. I'll come on to that later because that is. Um, Quite, because Boy <laughs> during lockdown, as we're talking music and liking music, I mean, and nostalgia, I mean, one aspect of these last few weeks that I found really quite enriching is, um, and it came about through this podcast, two guys from the remote past, you know, the remote past of loom pants, if you know what they were, long hair and combat jackets, if you know what a combat <laughs> yeah, jacket yeah. is. That's still quite popular. Do people still have combat jackets? Well, yeah, if you remember, some of Charlotte's exes that's had true. ones yeah, from that's Affleck. True, yeah. Because, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but um, during the 70s, certainly, uh, a major supplier of you know cheap and cheerful and quite attractive gear was the Army and Navy stores. Yeah. Yeah, but they've gone the way... Do you even know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, I went to one really? once. Wow. I think because they used to... They got into selling sort of like scout uniforms and stuff towards the end of okay. their existence. Oh, yeah. So I got a scout uniform from an army and navy store once. And I've only, so I've only been one to one once. Because yeah, it literally was, certainly in my day, it literally was old stock that the armed yeah. services. That's how uh, jeans became so popular, wasn't it? I don't know. Was yeah. it? I'm sure it was like... Sure it was navy? the US, US Navy yeah. jeans. Oh, OK. That was workwear. Yes. Obviously, we work well, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, mainly through the oil 
auspices of this podcast, two individuals uh, contacted me, and you know, maybe I'm amazed. But it was really good to hear from them. They're both from my hometown. One of them, I suppose I can use his name, so I'm not going to come out with anything scurrilous. One of them, I'm sure it'll contact us. One of them's called Ollie, and um, I'm going to have to up my game, by the way, because um, both of these individuals, uh, Ollie has just had a book published about the early medieval period, yeah. It's about 1066. I think he read bits of it. Yeah, it is an interesting read. It's really good. Um, I was on his blog, on his biography earlier on, and uh, linking to him with the other podcast, tellingly on his blog, he doesn't mention the name of the town we come <laughs> from. It just says, I'm from an anonymous northern English town. Oh. Yeah? So I'm, ju- I'm just kind of parading our everyman characteristics that's the idea of the podcast just trying to get over to you how kind of major historical and cultural events impact on ordinary kids yeah Yeah? I mean he's amazing he's got an even better memory than me in some ways he remembers little escapades and so on we had as kids Uh, but I'd more or less forgotten so we could could do a whole new podcast on other kind of uh, horrid histories of shameful stuff we did I mean it's it's quite amazing we didn't end up in Boston, to be quite honest. Yeah, the damage that provinciality uh, wreaks on you, yeah? And the other guy, Andy, I mean, he now lives in, in America. Uh, he has American citizenship. He, hmm. he lives in, in New Jersey. I mean, initially, although I did actually get on with both of them, it, it has been inspiring. I think the opening up of old friendships is potentially hazardous, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've never, ever had any interest whatsoever in, in reunions. You know, I've never... Yeah, see you both smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because okay, we've tried one in so like the past year, was it? Yeah, was it we tried tried shit. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Me and Chris both left as thinking, God, what a waste of a yeah. fucking night. But, Why was that? I mean, well, it was quite... one individual has tried and tried to get sort of like some form of mini reunion going from high school, and it ended up being him and me and Russell, and that was it. Yeah, uh, so it was just three of us, and yeah. he pretty much made the night about himself, like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Me, me and Chris could have literally turned around and said, oh, we worked on a project together that uh, cured cancer, and he wouldn't have given two wow. shits. Yeah. He yeah. would have gone on yeah. about yeah. how he had sex with two girls the other night. And... Oh, did he? What, together? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, I feel God. like that's what the night was made up of. Dirty bastard. His sexual exploits. It, it, it pretty much was. Yeah, you know, which is nice to hear. It's always a good laugh, but after ten conversations about how great he yeah. was, being yeah. Chris were like... Yeah. Possibly would have been better if there was more people. Yeah. Yeah. But I, think, I think that's the problem, because it hasn't happened to me, but there must be that kind of instant where somebody gets back in touch with you, and at the back of your head you're thinking, oh, God, I didn't like that fucker. Mm in the first instance do you know what I'm saying uh, or or you're thinking like you're saying oh god he was an egotist or mm. wow he was boring or you know that sort of oh wow he stole my girlfriend yeah. or something like that yeah. I mean for, for me it's I'm just letting you know because I, I think I think if we're talking life lessons here I mean for me it's been like a, a big swinging pendulum you know the pendulum's been over here and uh, obviously we, we start by talking about you know do you remember you know this incident or that girl or blah 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 but as you carry on because I think I've been in touch
than that, at least for, well, right over lockdown, to be quite honest. You don't fix yourself in a, in a particular age. You can relate things to the present and you, and you can start getting a kind of um, much bigger picture of how, it's like the child is in the man, the man is in the child, do you know what I mean? You can see how people across their whole life have kind of developed. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a really funny one, how you evolve in a way. No matter who you are, you do evolve. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's almost like a biological thing, how you, um, you have a tendency to move towards certain goals. Do you know what I mean? They might, yeah. they might be very, very, very small goals, you know, like getting through the bloody day. Um, that kind of driving force. You see, that's why I've got to up my game, because Ollie, you know, he's got this bloody book published, and uh, he goes to all these uh, related events, you know, uh, reenactment yeah. uh, things. And obviously, you, you can do your little talks and stuff. It's a whole scene. But the other guy, Andy, I mean, he's uh, he's really interesting because um, I'll, I'll just give you a little pointer here. I mean, he was all set to do a chemical engineering degree at Nottingham University. And he was all set, as I understand it, to get a job at uh, Michelin Tyres, you know, working in the Michelin Tyre department. Uh, he lasted a term and he basically I, I knew he could play but I didn't know he was as competent as he was he basically really pissed off his parents uh, he gave up uni moved to London and he moved to the States and he, he became pretty successful pop musician and uh, I'll whet your appetite he was telling me the other day that at the height of his career the band he was in supported Aerosmith mm-hmm. yeah now is this when Aerosmith was big that's an interesting <laughs> one I reckon yes I think okay. I think you're talking late 70s because you know we've discussed how you saw big names playing in a but, little yeah. place yeah, well so. Pete Green what died recently which is interesting he was leading light in Fleetwood Mac yeah but yeah, they, they supported um, Aerosmith, who were fronted by, I think he's called Steve Tyler, isn't yeah. he? Yes. Steve Tyler, the demon of screaming, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, when I say supported, I mean, it may be, I mean, I think guys like Steve Tyler were probably born in the late 1940s. For, uh, 1948, kind of, I'd say, yeah. he, he was yeah. born. I mean, when I say supported, I was thinking earlier, maybe maybe Andy was helping this guy into his orthopaedic frame, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, they played in front of, you know how many? 70,000. Wow. I always think what that experience must be like, you well, know, standing out in a crowd. I'm just whetting your appetite at the moment, because um, when I send him an email, oh, yeah. he sends you yeah. back about 5,000 words. I have he's, seen he's some one, of the transcripts. He's one of his uber-bright guys. Mm. I mean, I'm thinking that what we could do, I don't quite know how you'd do it, is we could actually somehow incorporate them into future podcasts and we could share a few ideas, you know, because... What I find really interesting, um, I find it interesting with Ollie because he lives in Bristol. You know, Bristol, you know, of the statue in the harbour fame. And uh, with Andy, he lives in New Jersey. And I, I find it really, really interesting getting uh, an insight into, it's like a letter from America, into what's going on at grassroots level mm. in, in America. 
Well, I have said if you both behave yourself, we'll look into doing an interview chat. But oh, okay. we'll, we'll put time restrictions and clauses in. Should we? Go? Oh yeah, I think you're going to have to. Yeah. Two two old men chatting. Yeah, but both but both these guys really really enjoy their music. Obviously, I mean yeah, Andy, yeah. Andy is uh, guess you call him a virtuoso. Mm. You know, he's not particularly interested in. If you ask him about groupies and stuff, he doesn't want to tell you much because he'd be more interested in playing his guitar. <laughs> But he later, I'll just whet your appetite a bit more, he later was uh, a yellow taxi cab driver in the New York of the 1980s. Yeah, can you imagine how heavy that Yeah, but that came some interest. And later on from that, he became an airline pilot. Even more interesting. Would you, would you believe? What yeah. a life. I know. Yeah, what a life. Well, I did. Yeah, so I'm going to have to get my act together. I'm going to have to get this bloody book written. Uh, come on, Dad. But, but, You've but, only got ten years. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, but the sad news is, the sad news is, I'm afraid that the anti-hero of all the other previous podcasts has passed away. Yeah, we, we touched upon it in your little animation. He's passed away. I mean... A lot of this information has come from has come from Ollie because obviously Ollie, unlike um, Andy, you know, he, he didn't go um, to America or anything. And uh, Ollie, when he first got in touch, it was um, quite alarming to be quite honest with you because he <laughs> he sent me a letter and he said. I think you'd better sit down to read this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of advising you guys to really kind of uh, enjoy your life while while you have it. Um, because the letter he sent was, um, it, it began with all the girls we knew. Mm. Yeah, and it was going on about, you know, exes and accountants. And Barney's wife, interestingly, became a head teacher at her, at her high school and had four kids. I'll talk about that a bit later, but when he got past the positives, he sent me a casualty list, if you want, <laughs> and there were, I mean, amazingly, 12, wow. 12, 12 wow. guys on it who, who I knew, yeah, and they've all gone. Did that add to your more... Yeah, 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 it made more, really, really more, makes Mortality. You, yeah, my sense yeah. of impending mortality, yeah, I mean... I mean, you've got the cancer, you've got the liver failure, you've got the heroin addiction. The guy, if you remember, in, pod, in podcast uh, 12, I think it was, uh, he was called Daisy. You know, the one who, Daisy and Jerry, came with me to Piccadilly. To oh, yes, yeah. I see. Well, Daisy, it's an interesting story. Daisy was found dead in the cab of his articulated truck on a lay-by just outside of Malmo. Oh, so, Un- unsolved, unsolved, yeah, yeah. Another guy I knew called Bill. He 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 was okay. He got a job at Cadbury's. He got bad agoraphobia and doesn't leave his house nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a making me want to age quickly, Chris. So yeah. if we can reflect and see yeah. who's yeah. see see what takes our our friend. Yeah. But going back to boomer responsibility, the great majority of the males who are still here. I mean, A, they've had multiple divorces and blah, blah. B, 
that the great majority of them are quite rich guys. I mean, Andy, without question, is probably, in terms of what he has, a multi-millionaire. He's got a plot of land, would you believe, in Costa Rica, where if the shit hits the fan, he sent me a picture of it. It's like a jungle. Yeah, that's, that's, where, where, he's that's, gonna go. that's where he's going to go. But with Barney, um, Ollie... Ollie has been very good and he sent me some detail about Barney. Barney lived in Canada, as you know, for quite a while. Mm. And then he went, Ollie lived in Canada as well, he knew him in Canada. Then he went, uh, as, as you know, to Australia to prospect for gold and, and opals. And one of the pictures I've got, it should, I think I've shown it to you, haven't I? He's sitting there in this godforsaken Australian outback wilderness yeah. in this kind of makeshift camp. You know, it's like something from the 19th century America. And he eventually found his way back to England. And like a lot of my generation, he's, he always had a very profound love of the countryside. And he, he shipped up, apparently, in, in a little Welsh place called Lampeter. And um, when Ollie last saw him, I think he died about four years ago, sadly, he was um, in the house with his daughter and wife, and uh, on the mantelpiece, great tribute to him, there's like a gold nugget on, <laughs> on a little platform, and, uh, and he was saying that his wife, I think she's called Linda, I'm not sure, used to make gold uh, jewellery, that sort of stuff with it. But um, I um, really... Regret, in, I'm just telling you guys, I really regret in some ways, because it wouldn't have taken much effort, I really regret not um, keeping up my friendship with him. Mm. Yeah, Kind of almost a message to us young people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, that's what Andy said. He said, you know, try and be positive and try and pass on some yeah. kind of, uh, wisdom with a small W. I mean... I mean, I think Barney was a very uh, precocious individual in many ways. Always a bit of a rebel, always a bit idiosyncratic. Um, and like me, I, I think he was a bit of a lazy bastard in some ways, because uh, Ollie was saying he's got still got letters from Canada sent by Barney, and uh, he was able to really kind of paint pictures of things. Um, I think like a lot of my generation, he was, uh, you know, what's loosely described as a psychonaut. You know what I mean? Somebody who uh, liked to explore altered states of consciousness, shall we say. I mean, he, he had his moods. Uh, I'd love to do a requiem for him. And finally, what I'm going to say about Barney is, and this is, I was watching Blade Runner the other night, and you know that classic Blade Runner thing? Yeah, the comment. Yeah, I've, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Do you know that one? Yeah. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. Do you know it? Some yeah, people yeah. Know it, why not? Sea beams glittering in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. Uh, and the line I really find poignant, which if I was speaking at a kind of farewell thing for a guy like him, it's a beautiful line. All those moments lost in time, like tears in the rain. Isn't that a great line? Mm. All those moments lost in time. And uh, thinking of Barney, I was reading a newspaper article recently, uh, and apparently Nepal, you know, Kathmandu, where he and I spent time, uh, without the mass tourism and without the endless pollution from aircraft, apparently in Kathmandu you can see the Himalayas uh, for the first time in years. Oh. 
and that takes me back. If I, if I've, I've got two memories of the guy, and I, I feel very privileged and very happy. I've got a, an image in my mind of me and him sitting on the roof of the you know, Matchbox Hotel near the river, watching the eagles soaring about and seeing Everest mm. in, in the deep distance. And that's a great memory. And Ollie was telling me, he didn't seem to know much of much detail, but he was telling me that later, I reckon it sounded like uh, a time when Afghanistan was free of the Soviets. Mm. Yeah, you know, the Soviets invaded. Yeah, yeah. He actually, I don't know how he did it, but he actually went back to Afghanistan huh. and he found it. I think disappointing would hardly get there. He found it dire. Huh. And, uh, and that's the other thing that I, I would remember of him being in Afghanistan and you know, laughing and joking, smoking in, if you want, a free yeah. Afghanistan yeah. You know, with you know, women you know, pursuing much more liberal way of life, with, with the, the people were happy. Um, so those are two great memories. Yeah, it's nice memories. And that's that. where I'd like to finish tonight, on those memories of uh, a beautiful sunny day with the eagles soaring over the mountains and uh, sitting there cross-legged chatting with some Afghans and ha having a bit of a joke and smoke. Yeah. Maybe on the final moments of your life, that's where you'll be telling Maybe that's back, where back I'll go. Him. I'll go down that tunnel, that vibrating tunnel yeah. and meet Barney. <laughs> Still with his glasses taped <laughs> up and uh, his dentures yeah. need, in need of Evo stick, yeah. Okay, so we'll close it up there. Yeah, we'll wrap okay. it up there wrap with it a up. Requiem to Barney and a uh, public service announcement yeah. to us young kids. Yeah, put some music on it. Come on, Chris, we're going to have to do it. <laughs> Come on, we'll... Sharona. <laughs> Well, everyone, once again, we are happy to be back. Um, if you aren't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter. We're getting quite vocal on there now, aren't we? That is at a pint with Peter. And do as Ollie did and use the email to get into contact with Peter, which is a pint with Peter at gmail.com. I think that's everything I'm trying to remember. All my spiel at, at the end. But one thing I want to end on that people seem, seem to love. And on to the next one!